Hi and welcome everyone to Story Kick Talks, another episode. Um, uh, and today I'm so happy to have an external guest with me. But let's just start with me, of course. Uh, I'm Jonna Ekman and I'm the marketing director at Story Kit, the tool for video creation. And we talk in this podcast slash event slash webinar, call it what you want, uh, a lot about storytelling, video, social media, and today we're going to talk about brand, which I'm so excited about. And with us today, we have Lin Kwai, who is the CBO, Chief Brand Officer at OneFlow, which is also a Swedish SaaS company. So uh, want to tell me a bit about yourself and what OneFlow is all about. Yes. Hello, Jona. So good to see you today. And so thank you so much for having me. Um, so yes, so my name is Ling and I'm um, a marketer, I would say, for many, many years. And we met the first time at a marketing event. So it was yeah. awesome that we got connected since then. Um, OneFlow is a Swedish startup. Uh, it's not so much startup anymore because when I joined OneFlow five years ago, we were only 13 people and now we're 150, also mm. publicly listed since April this year. So OneFlow is a contract automation platform um, that helps many companies to manage their contracts in a very smooth and frictionless way. Um, we are right now have headquarters in Stockholm, but we also have offices in Oslo, in Helsinki, London, Paris, Amsterdam. Oh. So we are going out there to dominate the world. But of course, it's the SaaS product as yours is. Um, any users can log in as long as they have an internet. Uh, that's amazing. That's interesting. We need to talk more about this, you and I, because I joined, I mean, when we started StoryKit, we were 12 and now we're 130. So we're <gasps> kind of in the same. Yes. <laughs> so we need to talk more about this, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about brand since that is what you do and what you know so much about. And just to get things going, I wanted to start to ask the most basic question. What is brand for you? Yeah, so um, I realized that I, I started marketing because I had an, my own brand and creative agency before. Um, that was 20 years ago. And at that time, it was there was no Google advertising, really. And it was all about selling ideas. Um, how do you get more attention um, through rebranding? It was like the, the thing. And I realized a lot of people maybe think about brand as just the colors of the website or the logo or um, the tone of voice. Um, but to me, it's um, a combination of what uh, Seth Godin, the father of marketing, and what Jeff Bezos said in one sentence. So to me, brand is um, the what other people say about you when you're not in the room that influences their decision to choose you um, over your competitors. So I think the second part of the sentence is very important because we are in this world where um, every product has a competitor. Um, no matter how much you think like your product is like the best, every product has a substitute. So what is it that people think about you when you're not in room, your reputation? 
Um, mm-hmm. But also the reputation that influence their decision when they decide to spend money on you. Um, so for me, that's brand um, by definition. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, uh, but if you want to just refine, because it's it's so interesting today, there's a lot of talk about demand gen and yeah. content and all of those things in my world can be brand but sometimes they're not. So how do you wrap your head around like what is what and when is it not? And Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I've, I've been in marketing for many, many years. And I feel like the, the terms that we as marketeers like to create is, is, is according to how the technology within marketing world has evolved. So demand gen came because there was a movement maybe about 10 years ago when marketing automation technology was very popular. And that that was when it was very cool to like, oh gosh, you can capture leads. You can actually sign up for an email and you certainly have an email and you can use that email to send out your nurturing emails, your newsletter. You can score your email, um, your each and each and lead. And at that time, this is like 10 years ago when marketing automation technology was like super popular. Uh, and mm-hmm. so lead generation was like a huge um, movement at that time. Um, HubSpot came up with the term called inbound marketing. And that was all it was about. And now people start to realize, well, we need to have a new term because um, focusing just capturing leads are not, um, are not um, it, it just doesn't work anymore because what happens is that humans want to make the decision to buy. They don't want to be sold to. So with all this, like, I have 50,000 emails um, in my inbox. So I don't read all my emails. Um, so obviously it doesn't really work, but I kind of, when I want to buy something, I would just go to social media, I'll Google the internet and stuff like that. So what happens is that now we have a new term called demand generation, which is like, don't focus on lead capture, focus on generating demand, focus on um, making yourself available out there. So when they're ready to buy, they'll think of you. That to me is the brand awareness. That to me is marketing yeah. in general. So, but it doesn't matter what you want to call it, right? Like the no. marketing one-on-one is all about making sure you're top of mind where your customers mm. are or your potential customers are. Um, I think I think we like to complicate stuff like as marketers because, you know, number one, maybe it's for your own, um, uh, I don't know, your career path. Like you feel like, oh, if I'm in demand gen, then I have to compete with the brand brand awareness team. Um, or I can, you know, I can, I can start talking about uh, marketing attribution and um, reporting and stuff like that. But I think, I think we make things a bit complicated, you know, in, in, in the end of the world, uh, in the end of the day, it's all about um, making sure that you, you were able to be there and make an impression um, get their attention, get their trust and earn their preference. Yeah. whatever you want to call it that's marketing to me even brand yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah of course of course so but so that's the strategic point of view so what what would you say are your favorite tactics to build awareness and brand my favorite tactic um <laughs> i think i think through content is um yeah. my favorite tactic like if if content is a tactic um 
I want to make sure that, you know, number one, I think we need to understand that um, content that is all over the place wouldn't stick. So I like to think that, you know, brand is the sort of like a concept that allows your companies to think about that this is how we structure our um, manifesto. This is what we believe. These are our values. So um, taking OneFlow as, as an example would be that, you know, we are not focusing only on the e-signature part. We're focusing on the pre-signature and post-signature. That's our manifesto. We want to make sure that people are able to handle their documents or their proposals, their contracts in one place. Um, mm. So that's one thing that we kind of play around in terms of content. You know, okay, if we talk about all-in-one platform, how do we how do we um, uh, flesh it out into pieces of content that relate to all-in-one? And of course, that's just one of the manifesto. What are the other beliefs or opinions you have in your space that you think is important? Um, so for me, building content engine based on mm. your beliefs is probably my my favorite tactic um, and you just have to repeat your um, your values in different ways yeah that's totally true I had a we had an um, an event yesterday where we talked about a lot about redistributing content because people I feel that pe- many people are so afraid of saying the same things over and over again but if you look at the people who are really successful, that's what they do. They yeah. just say the same things in a thousand different ways over yeah. and over again. Absolutely. And then it stacks. Yeah. So is there something, is there anything when it comes to brand and brand awareness that you see like for 2023, you shouldn't miss out on? Is there any, any one thing that's trendy right now? <laughs> um, I like to... I love that we're talking because I truly believe that um, videos, <laughs> I mean, this this feels a bit old because we talk about video five years ago. and uh, yeah. But I think now it's a bit more of like a short clips type of videos, you know, like with mm. TikTok emerging as the media now. Um, I think more and more people are going to use video as or video platform, social media platform with video as emphasis to search for um the topic there that they're interested in um it's 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 very strange because like if you would search for how do i build this um um a roof i don't know you will go to youtube and um search for how to build a roof instead of like or even pinterest then you get this like step by step um sometimes you even get like a manual of the grocery um, list to shop for. So go. you can also do Google, of course, but then, you know, a lot of people learn much faster with video. So I think, I think like, you know, maybe, you know, optimizing content, your long form content on your blog wouldn't be so, so popular or like so important in the mix. Um, it's still important, but maybe relatively less important in the mix in the future because people want to start, you know, investing into video and and just like following the trend of how we are consuming content, um, video will play a huge part um, um, in in you know in in building the top of funnel um, pipe, if that's what you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. What do you think? There is no surprise, but I totally agree. <laughs> uh, I think 
what I see right now is, I mean, the, it's also so trendy to talk about the no-click content, uh, meaning that you should create content that is consumed on the platform. Mm-hmm. And so, since we started doing uh, content optimized for social like uh, eight years ago, um, before we even started StoryKit, we saw this already then that Mm. you really need to create content that people can consume on the platform without clicking themselves away. That's what the platform prefers, but it's also actually what the viewer prefers. Because if I'm surfing on Facebook or TikTok, I don't want to click away. And and what we see, uh, not just because what we do, but we, we, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we created StoryKit is because we see that video is one of the absolutely best ways to do this because mm-hmm. it's so easily consumed. You can tell a whole story. It's super shareable and so forth. So, so I totally agree. Um, I'm so curious to see what's um, apart from video. I'm really curious to see about what's going to happen with a big podcast trend, because I think <laughs> the last year or maybe the last two years, there's been so lot of talk about podcasts in the marketing world that it's either gonna like or it's gonna stabilize i don't know it's gonna be super interesting to see this is our little contribution to that yeah (laughs) Um, i have one more question about the like the general branding part and that is um one thing that you often hear when people discuss brand, when you talk to your CEO about it or your CFO, it's like, how are you going to measure this? How are you going to measure success? Because it's so, it sometimes can feel so fluffy or mm-hmm. abstract or meta, I don't know. So um, how do you do that? I, <laughs> we, I mean, it depends on what the purpose of measuring the brand for um, you could measure you you will want to prove the ROI of a brand before you get an investment. That's one 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 method, I would say. Mm. And then the other method would be, you know, to think about brand as your people team or like your finance team. Uh, it's mm. an it's a necessary evil. And if you don't if you don't believe in that, then it's difficult to even convince the other part you know but if we want to get an investment um for brand um i i did a, a lot of research on this or i read a lot of books on this and i found that there are mainly two ways of measuring brand or the ri of brand one um the top down approach and then the bottom up approach so the bottom up approach is probably something you're familiar with as well it's um a research from binet and field they've done a lot of and they're like the god of um marketing effectiveness so um but focusing on how to measure brands so what happens is that they do this really simple calculation your your brand share of search compared to your competitors on google um, using Google Trend. And um, I, I guess Google Trend is also including the search in on YouTube because Google owns YouTube. So I, I think like, you know, they use that metric to predict if you have a, to predict your AR basically. So if you have a drop in your share of search, you can be sure that six months later, you're going to see a drop in sales. So they've done this for so many um, B2C companies, I would say, and so many um for so many years, and they have seen there's a, co- co- a very clear correlation between um, there's a drop in your share of search, there will be a drop in your sales numbers as well. 
So with that, I think it's important to establish some kind of um, share of search um, metric in your company. And to get an investment, then you would just try to identify what would happen to my share of search if I invest in brand. So say you want to get 5 million for your brand investment. Would your share of search be increased by 5%? Maybe. So you would make a, a, a smart guess about, you know, what would your what would the investment contribute to your share of search and then correlate that to the sales numbers so that's one way that's the bottom up approach the the bottom down approach would be to identify the market size of your category so if your video for instance um how how much is it worth um from um, if you were to ask the banks or the financial institution how much do they value the video automation industry? Um, is it 90 billion? Is it 100 billion? And then you try to correlate like how much percentage of share you have in that total addressable market for your company. And then you get the percentage. And so the same way you would say, I won 5 million and I think I'm going to increase my share market share by 5%. How much is that worth? in your total addressable market. So it's always more than the 5 million. So <laughs> because their market share is like huge. So you would get a kind of numbers, um, a kind mm-hmm. of return on investment. Um, but it's something that is really hard to measure from day to day. So I like to talk about like, you know, you have a marathon in brand. So brand are running a marathon, but then marketing is running sprints. You can measure marketing, you can change marketing um, tactic every day, but you can't really change your brand tactic. There's no way to change your brand tactic because your strategy is the same. If you change your brand strategy, then it's a whole different story. Then your corporate culture is involved. Then the way you communicate your, with your customer, is it will be changed. So it's, it's really a marathon, um, a marathon. And if you win the investment and then you will start to track the trend. And I think this is like good faith. And I believe in this because branding has been tested over time. It's It, it was the only thing that exists for marketing before Google. So, yeah. and a lot of the ads or a lot of the brands that we remember today, um, Coca-Cola or like Nike or whatnot, you know, you can you can feel how you can feel the brand in a way that you know think about this what would a hotel look like if coca-cola would build an hotel if when you can if you can explain that um in your mind then they have in my mind they have succeeded in building the brand from the very beginning um and that was before the time um digital advertising came into place so I think you have a, if if we start focusing on direct advertising, which is like brand in the old term, nowadays it's called mm-hmm. demand gen, I don't know, um, but direct advertising, right? If you start focusing on measuring that, then I think you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Super interesting. Yeah, definitely. Super interesting. Um, when it comes to like investments and stuff like that, we are all going through the world is going through some rough times right now and there's a lot of talk on the economic recession and i see organization all over the place that need to save their money we have seen like huge layoffs on 
in industries we didn't think would ever do that. Um, so how do you, how would you recommend that marketers, um, uh, or maybe even better, how should CEOs and CFOs think about brand during this type of time? Mm-hmm. What do you think should happen? I definitely think like um, think about you know the the cost of doing nothing, right? Mm. Um, we have seen in the this is something that also I've been doing a bit of research because I wanted to understand myself who have won in the previous recession. So this is not the first time we have recession, right? It's probably the eleventh time or something that we have recession. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> but, um, but it's not the first time we have recession since 1920, maybe. And um, and and there's a, a couple of companies that um, we have seen, like how they have doubled their marketing spend um, and came up as winners. So one of them would be uh, Toyota. Um, they they doubled their advertising spend in the U.S. and and came out as like the top imported car brand in the U.S. after Volkswagen because Volkswagen had basically gone down. Um, and there's a lot of more companies like Taco Bell increase their distribution channel. They open up shop. They add more uh, promotion. Very U.S. based. Uh, McDonald's decreased their spend, and so that's how Taco Bell and Pizza Hut, you know, become what they are today and mm. and it was during a recession amazon for instance they came up with a um, kindle during a recession and um oh. kindle has become very popular and um, because it was a low cost alternative to physical books and um, for christmas yeah. so it's, it was there are many companies that actually show innovation or like think different when everyone else is kind of going with the vibe and uh, one mm-hmm. thing that i like to know is like also like recession or one thing that, that we can see also when there's a recession we know it will recover because you yeah. know we're going through a cycle all the time and, and when you recover the 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 companies that have invested during recession will be the one that seems very stable because you're you're all you're still there and if you disappear yeah. from um the world people would just start thinking like oh they're having a bad time they're probably getting rough too so the perception or the reputation is so important to like be that leader be that step stability that people need and when you come up you're still there but for companies or your competitors who didn't invest in marketing when uh, the economy recovers They'll be like, "Who are you again?" Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so for me, it's although I mean, for sure, be careful with what you spend. I'm I'm doing that mm. myself personally. You know, be careful with your money, protect your assets. Um, but if you have the chance to to um, really continue to spend money on marketing, that's not the first place that you want to cut budget on. Yeah, that's true. So how do you at one flow today, since we're in the times we are, are you changing how you talk? Are you changing or adapting your messaging for the times being or or do you just go on with the same? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because, um, of course, the mentality of buyers are different um, when yeah. it's recession. Um, I think we stopped thinking about um, the, the nice to have even uh, it's a it's black week this week 
Um, I don't, maybe some people will spend money because they're probably quite ignorant, but um, most of the people will be very, you know, um, protective of their assets because I'm, I'm afraid, I, I don't know what's going to happen. So the fear and the uncertainty that we have in front of us is holding us back in, you know, buying something, in spending our money. So our messaging strategy, instead of like, um, talking about the dream or the scenario that you can have, we want to start talking about how do you maximize the investment that you have already made? How do you get more out of your um, existing assets? So it could be, I was thinking, just thinking like for video, for instance, you know, you can be, you can be the extra full-time employees that um, without the social security spend, you know what I mean? And, and so like, I think people will still spend on technology, but maybe they will look into the technology that will be uh, helping um, the company to save their costs, um, but also to maximize um, their, their spend that they have. Another thing that we're working on is to focus on our existing customers, um, because what happens now is that we want to talk about customer support, customer service, um, all the love and TLC you can get yeah. from 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 our team, and I think this is something that human needs in this time of uncertainties. Um, we just need love. We need to be cared for, and and in our messaging strategy, we try to be kind and empathetic, and and um, really show that we understand everyone is going through this, and um, mm. we want to make sure that if you go with OneFlow, we will take the best care of you and you will not regret it. And we will be there for you until, you know, the economy recovers. So the messaging strategy definitely have to have to like, you know, relate to how the mentality, the recession psychology, I would say um, today. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true because you don't, you don't want to, you're totally true. You don't want to spend the time, spend, you don't have the money to spend on the nice to haves. So you need to feel something else. Mm. Uh, yeah. And I, I really love what you're saying about making the recipient feel that they're taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> because that is also uh, a thing that is super important these days. Also, because what we see, and this doesn't only have, have to do with the recession. What we see is that marketers today need to do more and more, produce more and more, uh, set out, distribute more and more. But the marketing spend hasn't really increased since like the beginning of time. So that would also be one of my questions. How would you think about recruitment for a marketing team during these times? Are you, would you look at specific roles or specific competencies? Or is it like, no, we're not going to recruit for a while because it's hard times? Or what, what do you think? Um, and right now, I think we're we're still recruiting. We're, we have mm -hmm. um, a couple of job ads out there in the marketing team. I think we have five, uh, to be honest. Um, oh my god! How big team do you have? Right? Uh, how big is the marketing team at at One Flower right now? Uh, we are fifteen, I think. I think we just signed two marketing managers in France and marketing manager in uh, Amsterdam. So we're at seventeen now, and we're hiring performance marketing specialist, product marketing manager, web developer, uh, marketing operations manager, marketing manager in Norway. Um, <laughs> so we are hiring. Um, yeah. 
I would say that, you know, we're scaling up um, in the sense that, you know, when I'm, I'm sure you relate to this as well. So when you join a story kit, you are the, the marketing department, you kind of have to do everything. Yeah. And now we are putting one person, a specialist in each of this area um, to mm. scale things up, basically. And so I can see that, you know, my role has transformed um, dramatically <laughs> from day one to today. And mm. then it's it's more so that, you know, now my role is more about enabling other people to do their magic, um, mm. trying to help them find their magic, you know, that kind of stuff, rather than me trying to do magic myself. And and that's that's a huge shift in um, you know how we see our role, um, especially for the first marketeer or the first marketing hire, um, yeah. would really can relate to. But in terms of hiring, we are hiring. Um, we are careful in assessing what kind of roles that we need. If we can solve things through technology, we will do that, of course. Um, so if we can solve things through external consultants and that is cheaper and it makes sense for us and that in this point we will do that so i would say like the 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 question to ask is that is is this painful is mm -hmm. it is it very painful so you don't want to make an, the next hire until you we feel the pain um yeah. that that is how we think about it um, right now when it's kind of uncertain yeah that's really good. Um, so I thought we're reaching the end of my a little questionnaire here, oh, but shit. I wanted to I wanted to end with talking a bit about what you actually do branding wise on OneFlow because I really love your brand. It's so fun and playful and uh, and all of that. So could you just tell us a little bit about how? how this brand came about and how you found your because I've seen you get a lot of attention because you dare to be playful and you dare to be like uh pink and yeah just fun yeah. and that's still a bit um that's still something that many b2b companies struggle with so tell us a bit about your brand yeah, thank you for asking. And thank you so much for your generous words. Um, I, I really feel that when we started this project um, one and a half years ago, um, we were looking into the concept or the theme that will work for us. And we look into a couple of sales demos because ultimately we want to make sure that we we have the perspective of um, our customers into the brand. And I wouldn't say that, you know, the marketing team built the brand. It's really the DNA of our customers and yeah. combined with our staff at that moment. So one and a half years ago, we were like 80 people maybe. So before we started doing the rebrand, we sent out questionnaires to our customers, our partners, our staff, collect information, gather them, put them together. But also watch a lot of sales demos. And one of the demos that stuck out to me was um, this recurring, or a part of the demos that stuck out to us was this recurring um, surprise or like a wow moment when we show ah. how you can um, edit your contract even after it is sent. So it's already on the internet. It's already out there. It's already in the email of our prospects, but you can still edit it in real time. And that's something that people was like, huh? You don't have to resend the contract. So it was kind of, and then the salesperson would say, 
um, that's the magic. And, and so magic becomes the, you know, the very natural theme to, um, to work out, to work on. And so that, that is why there is a rabbit. Uh, honestly, rabbit wasn't the first thing that came top of mind. It was the theme concept. And when you think about the theme uh, of magic, so if we think about magic, then we think about <laughs> rabbit, uh, yeah. magic wand, you know, that kind of stuff. And everything that we do, it has to have some kind of magic elements in it. Um, and, um, and and like I said, you know, that now we hire for more people. Um, a lot of times our brand is, it's not just the colors, it's not just the rabbits, it's a lot of the culture. Um, yeah. um, I like to think of it as like a triangle. You have your business, your your staff and then your customers so between the business and your staff that's your culture between your business and your customers that's your brand the the things that you see your personality between the customers and your staff that's um to me social media today is it's kind of like the relationship right and so Mm -hmm. each and every touch point of our customers and our staff is a sim a signals to our brand. So so building a brand at OneFlow is not just building the brand for marketing team. <laughs> it's building the brand for our culture as well. Like we want our our staff to feel really really proud with the brand that they carry that they wear. And so um, in you know in in determining why it has been successful in a way that it has been. Why is so different is because we have managed to capture the DNA of all these different combination of unique personalities that we have at OneFlow and also our customers. And um, when you when they feel involved in the creation of the brand, then they will feel more pride and passionate mm-hmm. about the brand. So, um, yeah, that's the magic. <laughs> Oh, that's the magic. I love it. Let's end with the magic. Thank you so much, Ling, for joining us. And thank you you all. I'm just going to tell you, I don't see any questions. Usually this audience is quite keen on asking questions. So if you have any, you've got a couple of seconds to pop a hand up. But if not, I'm totally fine with that because we have learned so much today. Um, for your, for you listeners out there, we're doing this every second Thursday up until Christmas. So join us in two weeks again, and let's talk again, you and I, Ling, because we have so much in common, Uh, (laughs) even our dress today. (laughs) Yes. Thank you so much for having, yeah, we even match our earrings and (laughs) that was fun. We didn't talk about it earlier. It was just a coincidence, (laughs) um, but have a good day, everyone. And see you later. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Bye-bye.